Hey, everybody. Welcome to Profoundly Pointless. My name is Nick. Coming up in this episode, we're going to explore the life of a professional switch, and then we'll discuss the top five foods that are supposed to be hot but taste better cold. My boyfriend and my my dominant at the time actually suggested that you know I try doing fetish modeling. Um, the gentleman and I, we got to know each other very well. Um, and we made a two-hour session where we were back and forth killing one another. You know, we shot each other. You know, I strangled him. He strangled me back. If you like certain things, if you want to be spanked, obviously there's something wrong with you. If you like bondage, there's something very wrong with you. You know, there's still there's parts of society that feel that anything that we do, that we enjoy, is so inherently wrong. I want to thank you guys so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. So in one of our first episodes, we talked with Miss Elena DeLuca. She's a professional dominatrix, and I thought that was just a fascinating conversation about a lifestyle that you didn't that you heard about. She didn't really know that much about it. In this episode, we're going to explore the other side of that and talk with a professional submissive and switch. This is Christina Dark. How did you become a professional submissive? Well, technically I'm a professional switch. I do actually do both sides of things. Um, I had spent a good 20 years in the corporate world, and when I resigned, because I was just, I was burnt out. I, I had been long hours, long days, no life, and I was just completely corporate burnout. And I'd been in the lifestyle for a number of years at this point and had been exploring and enjoying. And when I left the corporate world, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. You know, I started working for myself a little bit. And my boyfriend and my my dominant at the time actually suggested that, you know, I try doing fetish modeling, which I still do. And I started from there. I kind of just sort of morphed into doing private sessions with people because there were a number of people that I knew and I knew fairly well. And they're like, you know, I'd really like to work with you. I really want to do a session with you, but I don't want to take photos. And it, it took me a while to kind of mull that over and think about it. And I did a little bit of research into it where it's like, well, people do do this. All right. Well, what the heck? Let's give this a try along with the modeling. So when this a switch is what? What do you mean by that? Uh, a professional, a switch is somebody who is both dominant and submissive. It really depends on who I'm with. Does, is that pretty common that most people are, or are most people one or the other? No, I think most people are one or the other. At least, um, I, I think there's more switches than there used to be because there's, you know, there's a side of most of our personalities where you know we we have an aggressive side and we have a more subdued side. My aggressive side would have been my corporate side. That's my toppy side where it's like, all right, I need to get some aggression out. I, I just want to be mean and bitchy. And then there's the softer side that, you know, wants to be controlled, that wants to have that where I don't have to make the decisions. When you talk about corporate world, what was the job that you were doing? Because I feel like I would be fascinated and surprised by what the job was. I was actually in marketing. My last uh, corporate job, most of what I was doing, I was working on requests for proposals, RFP, and bid work for a company. It was a lot of paperwork, a lot of research, and a lot of technical stuff. When when you talk about kind of, you know, people imagine a corporate job and then transitioning to this, it seems like a big transition from kind of a, I'll just use the phrase, boring to more exciting would would be would people be surprised at the personalities behind people like yourself there's a lot of us out there i mean a lot of kink is kept still very quiet a lot of people don't really come out and let other people know that they're kinky i mean most of the majority of my friends these days are all lifestyle or somewhat kinky people that way i don't have to always kind of mask who i am I mean, there's a, a small handful of people that don't know what I do, and they ask questions, and they kind of they they kind of skirt the issues. And I'm careful on how I talk to them because a lot of people just simply don't understand, and they still think that anyone that is 
lifestyle or kink in any way are, we're deviants and there's something wrong with us we come from broken families or bad childhoods which just simply isn't true I mean I had a phenomenal childhood amazing parents you know I didn't have a bad upbringing I'm not traumatized or you know abused and it just you know I think it's a lot of even as a kid there was this little part of me that was a little bit different I mean I would tie up neighborhood boys with my jump rope and vice versa. So it was there since I was a kid. I think for a lot of us, it's there since we were children. It's just whether or not we're going to grow and expand into who we actually are. Did you ever kind of suppress it? Oh, I did for a long, long time. Most of my adult life, I didn't actually start exploring the kink world until I was well into my 30s. You know, I started to open up and started to explore. I think it's really changed the type of person I am. I've grown from it quite a bit. You got into the modeling aspect of it first, or did you get into the private sessions aspect of it first? Um, I got into the the modeling side of things first. Um, I started out as a bondage and fetish model. Did someone you know just kind of recommend you, or did you contact somebody, or how did that happen? Um, well, like I said, um, my dominant at the time, you know, introduced me sort of to, you know, the, the, the modeling side of things because he reminded me of all these websites out there. And, you know, I talked to a few people that were actually in the industry and I just basically built up a portfolio. You know, the first year you do a lot of trade work where you do, um, what's known as TFP time for prints so that you have a portfolio, and from there, it's a lot of legwork, a lot of contacting different producers and saying, hey, you know, I'm new to this. I love to shoot with you. I know your work. I've looked at your website. And it, it's a lot of pavement pounding, basically, except you do a lot of emails and you learn to have a little bit of a thick skin because out of every hundred emails you might send out, you hopefully get a response from maybe 30 people. And out of those 30, you might get 10 gigs lined up if you're lucky in the beginning. So it's building up not only your portfolio, but your reputation. And, you know, it's a lot of people think it's easy and it's not. It's it's a lot of work, but it's it's worth it. I mean, if you're willing to put the work in, it's worth it. It's fun. It's an interesting life. It's just you have to build up a reputation because, you know, they have to find out whether or not you're, you know, more glamour. You just want to wear the clothes and not really have to do the work. I mean, bondage modeling isn't easy. I mean, you're put in weird positions for X amount of time, you have to know your own body and the signals that it's giving you, you know, is the numbness in your hand a good numbness or is it a numbness that's going to cause damage? You know, you have to know your body. You have to know, you have to know the signs and you have to know some bondage itself and, you know, what's good and what's not. And you have to know your limitations. I mean, there are certain things that I look at now where it's like, yeah, that was dumb. That hurt. That was a bad idea. When you're doing that, it's not just kind of for show. Like, they're really doing it. You really can't get out. Yeah, 99% of the time, no, I can't get out. I mean, I've had a couple of people that are still relatively producers, and, yeah, well, the rope isn't always that good. (laughs) And you can probably get out fairly easy, but, you know, it's the fantasy of it. So you play along with the fantasy, and I think that's why I like it this type of life too i mean you you get to play a role and everyone i work for i get to play a different role and be a different character and a different person about the private sessions how did how did you transition into that um there was a friend of mine actually who would every now and then um hire people because you know he liked he liked to talk but he didn't like uh a lot of the emotional involvement you know getting a relationship or something and he and I started sessioning and then word got around to a few other people and I realized it's like okay there's a market for this you know you have to be a lot more diligent in your 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 checks on people because it's not always let me rephrase that um you have to be careful who you're doing this with you can't just get an email from somebody and say yeah okay let's go meet at this hotel or let's go meet at your house and let's do this you know you have to really understand who you're going to be sessioning with because you know it's it's a dangerous world out there you never know if there's some crazy person that's going to be the last time you walk into a room or something that's what i kind of jumps out at me is necessarily between the 
if you're in charge, it seems like it would be a little bit safer than if you're the bottom necessarily. Is that the right, that's the right phrase, right? It is. I am bottom submissive, however you want to put it. I mean, um, yeah, I, I'm very, very selective on who I session with when it comes to, um, my submissive sessions. I have to have references from them, both personal and professional. You know, if they've sessioned with other people, I want to know and so I can contact them. And there have been people that I've simply said no to where it's like, you know, I don't know you. Um, you have no references. There's no way for me to check you out. So, no, I, I will generally ask for a photo ID. Um, I set up, there's a questionnaire that I'll send to them via email. You know, I, I want to do my due diligence and make myself as safe as possible. Now, I will admit that most of my sessions, when I do them as a submissive, uh, they've been tickling sessions. So there's no bondage involved. It's just straight tickling. So it's a little bit safer if I need to get out a little bit quicker. That makes sense. Have you ever been in a bad position? Um, no. Actually, with the private sessions I've had, no, I, I have not. Um, there was one situation once long ago where I had a weird feeling about him, but a friend of mine came with me and, you know, it was established that if I wanted him to stay, he would stay. But once I got to know the person a little bit better, it's like, no, I'm fine. This person is, you know, the weird vibe I was getting was totally off. And that's something too. I mean, you learn to listen to the weird gut feelings that you get where it's like, okay, this doesn't seem quite right to me. There's something that doesn't sound right. Um, I will generally talk to people on the phone a few times before a session with them just to kind of get a feel of them. And if I get a weird feeling, then no, I won't session with them. Walk me through kind of a typical private session. Like what, what happens? Um, well, that's, that's hard to answer because none of them are typical. Every session is always different. I will say like with the tickling sessions, a lot of those are, you know, where they'll tickle me for a good hour, hour and a half. And I'd say about 70 to 80% of them have the last half hour of our session will be me with a revenge tickling, which I greatly enjoy because I found a lot of people who claim they're not ticklish really are. How much do you charge? Uh, well, that I, I really don't want to say. You're not buying mansions, but you're not eating ramen noodles at the same time. Is that is that a fair assessment? Yeah. I mean, there are people that are making a lot more money than I am, and there's some people that are making less money than I am. It really depends on, you know, how much you're hustling. I, I will admit the last few years, you know, I kind of stepped away from it. I had some personal things that I had to deal with, and I stepped away. So this last year, I'm rebuilding my reputation, and it's been going really well. I am currently on tour on the East Coast. That was only supposed to be about a month and a half, and I'm going on two and a half months now. Wow. Is that pretty – so a lot of people will generally go on – you kind of build up your name, and then you go on tour. Is that how it works? Yeah, a lot of us do. I mean, there's a handful of people that don't travel. You know, that limits the amount of money they can make. It limits the, the market that they're going to be in. But if you're willing to travel, I mean, there's producers and people, you know, across the United States. like. You know, there's probably a lot of producers that I don't know about that I'm still learning about. I mean, there's a couple of them that I came across just in the last couple of days where it's like, oh, I w wish I would have known about you while I was in Philadelphia. Darn. Well, I'll put you on my list for the next time I come out to the East Coast. And, you know, I've already sent emails to them just to establish contact and to get a dialogue going. Now, when you do a private session, does that involve having sex or does that no, no, there's uh, no sexual contact whatsoever. And I always make that very clear. Um, a session is not like going to a brothel. <laughs> um, it's more intimate than a lot of things. But no, there is no sexual contact involved. Is that just the way that you do it? Or is that kind of industry standard necessarily? Um, I, I can't really speak for the industry. I can only speak for myself. For myself, that that is my ruling. I'm a model. Uh, I'm a professional. You know, I'm, I don't go on to that side of the industry. Have there any, like, been any requests that you would consider strange or odd or anything like that? Like, what, what would be, what would entail that to you? I'm not really sure. I mean, this might seem strange to you. Um, I, I 
used to do years ago, there were clients that I had that were very much into like death fetish and death play. And I, I think, um, a lot of people would probably think this particular session was very strange. Um, the gentleman and I, we got to know each other very well. Um, and we made a two hour session where we were, um, back and forth killing one another. You know, we shot each other. You know, we, there was one point where, you know, I strangled him. He strangled me back, you know, things like that. I, I imagine a lot of people would think that's very strange, but for a lot of people, that type of fetish, you know, to be able to role play that out is just exciting. And, you know, a lot of what I do is just, you know, it's role play. People have this fantasy in their head and they want to try it. And, you know, they see something in a movie and it's like, oh, yeah, that kind of caught my eye. That's fun. Yeah, I'd kind of like to do the, the Wild West. Let's take six paces and, you know, pretend we're shooting each other. You know, it's, it's uh for a lot of people, we get to experience a little bit of what Hollywood actors have all the time. And, you know, we get a little taste of that and it's, it's fun. I've always kind of looked at it as that there's really nothing quote unquote strange. Everybody kind of gets down however they get down in a different way. Is that kind of how you approach it or? I do. I mean, there are things that, you know, I go by the, okay, your kink is not my kink, but it's okay. Because there are certain kinks that I look at and it's like, no, that's not for me. You know, if that's what you enjoy, great. Hey, more power to you. Because I know there's things that I enjoy that other people look at and go, yeah, that's not for me either. No, thank you. But I think it's a matter of keeping an open mind for people. I mean, just because, you know, I may not want to do something, who am I to say it's wrong for somebody else and vice versa? That's, that would be the question that I would have. You talked about kind of the, the death fetish necessarily. I'm I'm not judging it when I say this, but I I kind of just don't I don't get it. I guess what is it about that that is sexually exciting to people? Um, well, it's not always a sexual thing. A lot of times, it's just the fantasy. I mean, for myself, I enjoy the death fetish because I love horror movies. Yeah, I've grown up watching horror movies, and I absolutely adore horror movies. And yeah, my friend was laughing at me earlier that uh, apparently I'm one of the few people that can actually fall asleep while watching a horror movie. But, you know, when I get to play out the death fetish things, you know, it, it's like being part of a horror movie. You know, I get to be that scream queen for a little bit. And normally I would never get a chance to do that. I mean, it's not like you can walk down the street going, you know, screaming at the top of your lungs without people thinking you're nuts. What horror movie did you fall asleep to? Uh, I think it was Saw. How do you fall asleep during Saw? It's like one of the scariest movies. That, was it in the was it in the theater or was it at home? No, it was at home. Was it a long day? I feel like that changes my opinion of how you fell asleep. Uh, no, just every now and then, if I get all nice and warm and cozy, it, it really doesn't matter what's on. Um, I, it's like white noise to me sometimes. What would you say to somebody that would maybe look down on this or think it's strange or anything like that? Um, usually I just look at them. It's like, well, yeah, I'm sorry you don't understand it, but it's who I am. It's what I do. It's my life and it's what I enjoy. And, you know, it's me. And if you can't accept that, well, then you can't accept me. Do you think that more people are getting into it, so to speak? Or do you think more people are just open about it? Um, I think it's a little of both. I think little by little, people are opening up and realizing. I mean, I've had discussions with friends in the past that the internet has opened up so much for so many of us. And I know those of us who are a little bit older, you know, little pre-internet, <laughs> that's painful to say, but, you know, we thought we were alone. And once the internet, you know, came about and we saw it's like, holy crap, there's like an entire world of kinky people out there and everybody enjoys something different and we're not that weird and we're not that segregated and we're not, we're not alone anymore. And I think that uh, brought a little, brought people out a little bit more and it showed them that they could enjoy things and that, yeah, there's going to be a chunk of the populace that if they would find out about would make your life living hell or they'd look down at you or think there's something wrong but knowing that there's this other side that there's all these other people that look at you and go do what you do you're enjoying yourself have fun have you ever had like a fan go too far um not in person i've had some weird emails 
but I, I've learned how to use that block button really well where it's like, no, that's creepy. That's weird. Go away. What was the email? Do you remember? Um, I don't remember totally what it was, but it, it was it was one of those where you just sort of sit there going, I feel like I need a hot, scalding shower. That just, no, no, no. We're just going to, we're going to delete that. Wildest experience that you've had? Oh, um, oh that's a, that is a hard question. <laughs> I'm not sure if this is the wildest. I know it's the most intense one I've ever had. Um, I worked for a fellow years ago who did whipping videos and that was very, very intense because it, it was about an hour and a half of just very high energy, very intense play. And it just, it, it left me very tired and very confused. And I think that's probably the most intense thing I've gone through. I otherwise, um, like I said, everyone's a little bit different. Every session's a little different. Every photo shoot's a little different. And I don't know, I just come away with something new from everything that I do. If somebody was kind of exploring this side of themselves, was thinking about kind of following in your footsteps, so to speak, what advice would you give them? Uh, well, the first thing I would ask them if they're planning to make this a profession is, you know, because I've had younger models ask me these things and it's like, all right, well, is this something you really want to plan to do for the rest of your life? Because once something goes on the internet, it is there for the rest of your life. Um, I've had a couple of people are like, oh yeah, well maybe not. If it's something that you don't mind, you know, I, I know that long after I'm gone, my stuff will be out there. You know, I can't take it down. I'm not ashamed of it. You know, and there's a lot of stuff out there. Do but you, it, it's just a matter of, you know, really think long and hard if this is what you want to do, because you can't take things back and you can't change who you are. In your experience, do some models end up kind of getting into it at the beginning and maybe regretting it later on? Um, I think there are some people out there that regret it later on. They don't fully think it through. They don't think you know, how it's going to affect their career if somebody would find out because there's still that stigma attached to everything that, you know, people hide things from the vanilla world. And for a lot of people, you have to because, you know, there are certain professions where if they would catch wind of what you're doing, yeah, you'd lose your job. You know, there's people I know that stopped doing what they were doing because they were going through custody battles. You know, they stopped doing what they were doing because they wanted to pursue different careers. You know, there's there's still a stigma, unfortunately, with anything that even is remotely kinky. And it's, it's sad. In this day and age, that's very sad to me that there's still such a stigma attached to what we do. Why do you think that is? Like, why do you think, where do you think that stigma came from? Well, I think it's a lot of narrow-mindedness, to be quite honest, that, you know, there's still that thought of if you like certain things, if you want to be spanked, obviously there's something wrong with you. If you like bondage, there's something very wrong with you. You know, there's still there's parts of society that feel that anything that we do, that we enjoy, is so inherently wrong that there's something in our brain that's just not right, which... I don't think it's true. I think quite a few of us are very normal individuals. You know, we live very normal lives. I mean, I always have to laugh when people, oh, okay, you're a bondage model. You spend your days naked and in chains. It's like, no, I spend my days in comfy pants and, you know, warm scrunchy socks <laughs> and oversized sweatshirts. <laughs> because it's cold and I'm working and you know, I've got other people, oh, you wear heels every day. It's like, I live in the desert. I wear flip-flops or hiking shoes. Do, I mean, do, do people generally live the lifestyle all the time or is it for you something you kind of just turn on and turn off? Um, for me, I tried doing it 24-7 and it's very, very difficult, especially when you're working a full-time job. You know, it's hard to get in and out of that frame of mind. So for me, I will admit at this point in my life, it's, you know, I, I do it for sessions. I do it for my modeling. You know, if I come across a play partner that I, I know very well, you know, I, I have little play sessions, but it's not a 24-7. I don't think it ever really could be again. You know, just life gets too complicated and you just don't always have that frame of mind. Now I know for other people, they're able to and 
for them, that's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful that they can. For myself, personally, no. Seems like it would be hard on your body. Um, it depends. It can be. I, it can be hard, yet at the same time, it can be easy because there are certain times that, you know, depending on what you're doing, you can get such adrenaline rushes. And you know, I think I shouldn't really speak for everybody. I know for myself, there are certain things where I'm a little bit of an adrenaline junkie. And some of the lifestyle actually just really feeds into that where it's like, holy crap, that was intense and that was amazing. And I know I'm going to have a little bit of a drop because when your adrenaline goes down, it's like, woof, okay. Wow, but who was that fun? <laughs> well, now I kind of wonder what's the stuff that really gets your adrenaline going. Um, well, uh, the tickling that I do really gets my adrenaline going. Gets my adrenaline going. Gets my. I, I always tell people, you know, tickling sessions are some of the best cardio in the world because I'm sorry, you get tickled for an hour and a half to two hours, and your blood pressure is up. Your the intensity is there. And I think I probably have some of the strongest abs in the industry. Anything else you think that we missed? What's what's coming up for you? Um, well, the only thing that's coming up right now is um, I'm going to be finishing up my East Coast tour in the next couple of weeks and then heading back to Nevada. I've got some stuff lined up there again. So it's just, um, I have to say I'm happy to be back in the world that I love. I want to thank Christina so much for joining us. If you want to connect with her, we have linked to her on our social media accounts. We're Profoundly Pointless on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we have also included Christina's social media accounts and how to contact her on the RSS feed that's in this podcast. Okay, so now let's go ahead and give John Shaw a call. And since we're actually recording this before Thanksgiving, I feel like he's going to be unusually emotional. Are you sentimental around the holidays? I I wouldn't say I'm any more sentimental around the holidays than normal, no. So are you generally sentimental or not? Uh, you know, I uh, it's not like I cry in an Applebee's commercial, but I, I wouldn't say I, I don't have a heart. Have you ever? What commercials have you cried to? I, I will say this. I, I've always been a sucker for those damn Coca-Cola bears. Did you cry to the Coca-Cola bears? <laughs> I cannot confirm nor deny but uh, their, their commercials are just so damn, damn touching. Now, when you cry to a commercial like the Polar Bears, <laughs> it, do you, does, does a tear actually run down your cheek or are you just getting a little misty? Oh, <laughs> I don't know why I just told you that. Uh, it, it's, it's more of a mist than, than an actual cry. I'm not like – it's not like the eyes are welling up and, you know, the big teardrop falls. It's more of just a – you know, like like a light. It's like a light mist instead of a heavy rain. You know what I mean? Yeah, but do you have to do you have to wipe away anything, or can you just blink it out of there and pretend like nothing's happening? Uh, I mean, you know, there, there's probably a little bit of wiping going on. I would think. Okay. How much? <laughs> like, do you have to go back a second time? Do you get a quick like a uh uh, or can you just do one and get it out of there? You're uh, you're funny. It's it's usually just like a, a quick one, and then I'm done. One and done kind of thing. What's your Thanksgiving? What's your Thanksgiving strategy? Are you gonna fast all the way up until the meal, or are you just gonna gorge all day long? Uh, I mean, it's usually a, a gorge all day long from uh, from like noon on. You know, I usually don't eat breakfast, and then you know, football starts around noon, so that's usually when people start coming over, and that's when you kind of you know you just start going at it. You fast for a good twenty five minutes is basically how it goes. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm up for at least a few hours before, so give me give me that. But uh, uh, what what about what about yourself? I don't think anybody really cares what I do. No, I I generally everyone uh, cares what you do. No, I don't think anyone really cares. I I generally will go with a, a fast till about an hour before, and then I got to go in there and see what I can just pick at. And see if I can get some stuff out of there before. Are you carving the turkey at your house this year? Are you a man of the house now? Or are you still not up to that level yet? So I'm actually, uh, I'm not doing a turkey this year. Ooh, what are you doing? A brisket. God, I... Don't you even say a word. You can ridicule me all you want. Because you're just such a jackass with this. Like, you're just doing a brisket because you want to be different. 
Just do a turkey like everybody else. Don't come in here with brisket is superior to the turkey. I'm going to do a brisket. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why you're – why you just went that that voice? Because there, I but. know I know you had this conversation with yourself first. Then you probably ran it by your wife. Like I know you were walking somewhere and had this. You know what? I'm going to do a brisket because brisket's better than turkey. <laughs> and then after you had that conversation with yourself a couple of times, you then brought it up to your wife and had that discussion. Like I know that this was a whole long process that probably took weeks. You make a huge turkey. No one eats turkey. I don't like ham. So then I was like, I'll make a brisket, because at least then I know that the leftovers will be eaten. Did you just come up with this spur of the moment, or did you have a discussion with yourself ahead of time? <laughs> I mean, I, mean it, I wouldn't say discussion, but it was, you know, it was just, it was just something brought up, and it was just popped up into my brain. I don't know why you hate on brisket so much. Because it's not that I hate on brisket, it's that I hate your obsession with brisket. Because what? you make you're like the guy who's got to be different. How much you spend I mean, on the are, brisket? What are you making at your house? Nothing. Well, well, I mean, so you're no better off than I am. I'm not making a brisket. I'm not going to be that guy that's going to show up with the non-traditional thing just to be different. Um, are you ready for your segment? <laughs> I am. I am. Let's. Uh, let, let's. When let's you move smoke on the meat, when the... you when you smoke the meat, do you smoke it uh, long and deep? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Never get old. Yes, yes. Long and deep. There's a lot of flavor that goes into the muscles. You got to get them nice and loose before you 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 chomp into them. Now, is there a signal? Do you generally get like a little pushback from the brisket when it's ready to when it's done? <laughs> Anyways, uh, <laughs> grow up. Speaking dude. of grow up. Uh, uh, Speaking of sexual uh, things, uh, I, I guess we'll have to give the, the social media shout out to my father this week. <laughs> and he's so pissed at you. He's so <laughs> disappointed to have you as a son. <laughs> who, who hasn't, I don't think he's responded to one thing on, on that was posted <laughs> on social media. And you posted our top five as, you know, as we always do on Mondays. <laughs> and... You know, it was, you know, things you don't want to ever have to tell your parents or want them to know or whatever. And, of course, he responds not not even in, in really good grammar and just says, really, John? <laughs> so to sum it up, potentially a little bit more succinctly than John did, every Monday we post a list of the top our top fives and have people vote on which was the better top five. Our most recent top five was top five things you don't want to tell your parents. And in that, John talked about how he's pooped in the shower, seen his father having sex, and doesn't want to tell his dad that he doesn't want to be just like him. His dad is the first person who responded to everything, and you can just – you can feel the disappointment through the internet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you pretty much – you did say that better – than I did. I there's probably a reason why he's not responding to my text uh, asking. You know, I asked him if he was excited for brisket, and I just got the little finger up, uh, middle finger up emoji. So I'm not really sure what that's about. But <laughs> probably might be a little bit sore. Might be a little <laughs> bit tired of you airing his sexual habits on the, <laughs> on a podcast. Um, what, mean, yeah. So shout out I to mean, your dad for feeding and clothing you, and uh, shout out to you for being an ungrateful child. Still don't understand how how that makes me an ungrateful child, but hey, you know what? Whatever. What's your next thing? All right, so let's uh, let's throw some things at you here. Uh, uh, when I say things, I mean <laughs> questions, not actual, uh, not actual things. Um, okay, thanks for thanks for pointing that out. People <laughs> uh, were everybody was fucking wondering. Badminton or ping pong? <laughs> what time of day is it? Oh my god! Uh, hold on, let me consult the judges. Any fucking time of day doesn't matter. Middle of the day, five p.m. I don't mind. The problem is, I don't mind a little bit of badminton, but I don't want to put in all that effort to play badminton. So I'm gonna have to go ping pong. <laughs> of course, you 
you don't want to put in any kind of, I mean, ping pong, I actually think ping pong is, is harder to play than badminton. No, I mean, badminton is much more physical. It's a lot more <laughs> running around. Okay, if, if you're, if you're dealing with people who aren't that good, there's more physical effort in badminton than there is in ping pong. I mean, ping pong can obviously get up there if you're really good, but badminton, you're just going to have to try harder. I must be really good at ping pong because I break a sweat every time. I mean, I probably, you break a sweat just standing in front of the fridge. Listen, by the way, speaking of, I I don't, by the way. Anyways, <laughs> uh, unless there's, you know, some something in the fridge that I'm just waiting to get at. Like what? What, way, would, what would, what kind of food sitting in your fridge is going to get you like half, half there? <laughs> I would say the only time where I actually get super excited that there's something in the fridge it's probably like after you've had a couple of drinks and you're just like, you're just hungry. Okay. Anyways, um, I, I had something. Oh, the I sent you the picture of me in a puffy jacket and I got nothing. Yeah, um, I'm waiting on that. <laughs> that's it. That's, uh, that's all you're going Here's with. the thing. I'm going to put the picture up on... Let's see, I'm going to put it up on next Monday, which would be the, for people who are listening to this and care, I'm going to put it up next, no, I'm going to go next Tuesday, December 3rd, and the thing is, when you see the picture, which you would think that a 280-pound man wearing a puffy jacket would just look ridiculous, and while he looks a little ridiculous, it's not unusual, the rest of the picture is what fascinates me, so... (laughs) Anybody listening to this, December 3rd, we'll put it up there. And when you see the rest of the picture, you're just going to, like, what the hell is going on at the Shoal household? Uh, you going real Christmas tree or fake Christmas tree? God, I would like to think that I was a real Christmas tree kind of man, but I'm not. The fake tree is just too easy, man. <laughs> you know, this is the first year that I've, I've, I've even talked about, because you know me, I'm, you know, I go cut it down myself bring it in the house kind of thing but and by that he means walmart drive up pickup (laughs) no actually it doesn't i actually go to a cider mill believe it or not uh i'm going uh uh this friday actually that no one cares by the way um, no not one bit this is the first year that i've actually thought like hey maybe having a fake christmas tree would just be so much more damn easier than having to go through everything to get an actual Christmas tree. I'm going to go 100% chance that when you're getting your Christmas tree and supposedly cutting it down, as you say, that at some point a branch whaps you in the face. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say during the process, but then I have to be the asshole. And, like, I pick the entire thing up and I carry it. Oh, you're that guy? And during that process... Uh, yes, I would, um, yeah, if some, for sure. If you're at, like, the Christmas tree lot, and the guy there, whoever there offers to carry it, are you going to tell him, no, no, I got it? That's a, a whole long process. Uh, it's yes. simple, yeah, okay, thank you. Y- yes, but, like, I, I walk it out to the road, and then they come, they come and they put it on a truck, and they take it back to the cider mill. So, like, because they, they bust you or they, oh my uh, God, they who cares? trolley you out into a field, <laughs> to a Christmas tree farm field. Okay. Shouts out to Blake Orchard if anyone in Michigan's looking for a Christmas tree. Big Blake. You Big met Blake? Blake? Unofficial, official sponsor this week. Have you met him? Uh, I actually have, yes. It's not, his name isn't really Blake, but it's fine. So um, you haven't met Blake? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not entirely sure Blake is a real person. So then I, don't I say know. that you met him if you haven't. I've, you're right, I'm sorry, I have not met Blake, Blake Orchard. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. Don't lie to the people, why are you lying? Uh, it wasn't, I wouldn't say I was lying. Uh, you're just I, not telling the truth. Anyways, last one, <laughs> let's just get this over with. Uh, blackjack or poker? Oh, Blackjack. I hate people who play, but I don't hate people who play poker. I don't like people who try to take it really serious, like they're going to be the next people to get a call from ESPN to show up on the World Series. Like, you you can't read what anybody else is thinking. If you're not really good at it, then just don't try to be. 
That's what I don't like about it. <laughs> I mean, I don't really have a – I don't agree with you. I think there is an art to it. No, I 100 percent agree that there is an art to it. I 100 percent agree with you. I'm just saying that 99 percent of people who pay who play poker don't get the art of it. So don't pretend like you do. Like you're going to look into my eyes and read my soul. <laughs> I'm just looking to see if you want to go to go out to the bar after. That's all I'm trying to see. <laughs> just seeing if you just seeing if you're down, and if you're not down, just don't give me the wink. And if you are, give me the wink. <laughs> are you ready for a top five? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, you introduce it. Let's see how you do it. <laughs> oh man! So our top five this week are going foods well. that are going well that are taste. Oh, you blew it! <laughs> you blew it! I was complimenting you. So our top five this week are foods that taste better cold. Okay. Okay. So I, what's your what's well, your number five? Well, look, you you always start out. Um, I think it's easier that way. Um, <laughs> but here's the thing. Okay. Here's the only little caveat that I would have to it. I would say that for mine, I kind of went not necessarily better entirely, but at least just as good. Okay, that's fair. Okay, so. Better or as good cold? What's your number five? Uh, cake. I both agree with you and want to call you an asshole at the same time. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't understand why it's that. Everyone knows that. Well, not everybody. But you always I have think... cake. Most people don't have hot cake. Right? That's no, not something I, that – I guess what I based it upon was warm or room temperature – and then, and then things that are like cold or refrigerated or, or whatever like but that's, that. That's against the, the spirit of what we're talking about, right? I, I, I don't really know. I mean, a cold cake is different than a, than a, than a, than a regular room temperature cake. You know, I'm right. <clears throat> There's this great joke from Family Guy. Where he tries to kind of explain to Peter, Brian tries to explain to Peter why he's wrong, and then eventually Brian gives up and it's like, it's just easier to call you stupid. Cake's just better cold. I, I don't know. It, it's my list. It, it, you don't have to agree with it. You know, but it still can be wrong. What, what about a brownie? Can you tell me the difference between brownie and a cake? Um, I mean, the uh, the first thing I think of is that a cake doesn't necessarily have to be uh, normally consist of all chocolate. Okay, I'm not even going to respond to that. I'm just going to let the audience think about what they think about that. Like, Listen, this is my list, man. You, just, you you do what you need to do. Okay, uh, my number five, which I think is a much better example of what we're trying to talk about, is a Pop-Tart. <laughs> There's no difference in what I just said. With cake and a Pop-Tart. Yes, there is, because traditionally people heat up a Pop-Tart in a toaster, and they eat a Pop-Tart after that. I have never had a Pop-Tart that I put in a toaster ever. That's a bold statement. You've never – did you You are aware that that's what you're supposed to do, correct? Yes, but listen, you grow up in the Shell household, yeah, you might learn how to do things that aren't necessarily that correct. Did you not have a toaster? No, my eyes are blinded from seeing my parents banging all the time. Couldn't get to the toaster. Barely get to school. Couldn't get to the toaster because Papa Shaw liked to go wailing away on Mama Shaw in the kitchen. I couldn't get. I couldn't get there. Here I am, just trying to get to fucking school in the morning. You just keep your head down and keep walking, boy. That's just, you really have. You really didn't see. I don't. You really didn't. Didn't never. You've never heated up a pop tart and had a pop tart. Honest to God, I've never done that. No, I, I understand. You never even thought about do. it. I've never done it. You never thought like, hmm, maybe one day I'll try one out of the 100 Pop-Tarts I eat a week and put, <laughs> try to put that in the toaster. Well, that's where you're wrong. I, I can't remember the last time I had a Pop-Tart for one, believe it or not. Okay. Well, Two, I'm good. I've been told, and this goes in your favor, that Pop-Tarts are way better just at regular temperature than they are heated. Yeah, I would actually say Pop Tart is my number five. What's your number four? Uh, pizza. I think that's too low for too high for pizza, man. I think pizza should be much lower on that list. You know, pizzas. Uh, I put it that high because it's fine, like within twenty four hours after. But if you let it go like that little bit, then the cheese starts to get all hard, and it's just it's just not enjoyable. But 
you have a little bit of a window where it's where it's awesome. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. Like you need to have leftover pizza within 24 hours. If it goes to 48, like it's 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 been in there too long. Uh, my number four is chili. Uh, see, I I don't nah chili. I have to eat chili warm. If not, I feel like I'm just eating lumps of shit. Okay, let's just, just brown little shit. Let's just go on to number three then. What's your number three? <laughs> So I have uh, a tie, Thin Mints and peanut butter. Again, I don't understand. I mean, peanut butter is traditionally warm temperature or room temperature, right? Yes. So I feel like you've messed this up. I I don't even know how to respond to that, right? Like water. Why don't you just put water? Agree with me on some of my. Some of my uh, decisions. I, I don't think it's that unheard of. I, I don't. I understand what the top five is. I'm just. These are things that I like better cold than that are usually served or eaten at room temperature. So then, why don't you put like water, pop, juice, soda, cider? Okay, beer. First off, don't you talk shit about cider. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just. I. I just don't. I mean, I, I, I just, really I just feel like you blew it. I feel like you really let me down on this list. I, I just, I don't, I don't, I'm not happy. I'm not happy with I, your choices. You um, like, because it's not, it's not what, uh, you're just jealous. Because it's like I you're saying, like, that you don't. what are the top five foods better at 45 degrees than better at 50 degrees? Well, thank you for saying that I'm that sophisticated enough to be able to tell the difference. <laughs> That's nice. Solid comeback. Kudos to you, sir. Um, I, <laughs> My number three is Chinese food. Asshole, you're a real asshole. That's uh, not very nice. I just complimented you. Uh, no, I, I thought about Chinese food. I even thought, like, if I was going to do a noodle, it'd probably be lasagna, like a like a lasagna dish, cold. But you know, you realize that Chinese food is not necessarily noodles, right? That's racist. <laughs> racist. You're throwing out all kinds of uh, accusatory statements here. To, uh, I complimented you, and you called me an asshole. Like it's undeserved. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> My number two is uh, I have Reese's cups. A lot of chocolate theme in your <laughs> list here, buddy. I've eaten a lot of chocolate as a, as a kid. Thanks, mom and dad. <laughs> we can tell. Um, <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> My number two is pizza. Once again, it's, it's a good. Dis- I mean. You have to put it on there, but it's it's kind of like the Chinese food to me. Like you on your list, you only have a certain amount of time to eat it, and then it just all goes to hell. Okay, I'm really kind of curious as to what your number one is going to be. Milk? You can say milk. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, God, dolce de leche. Uh, uh, nope, nope. It's. Uh, Do you know what dolce uh, de leche is? Do you know what that is? I have no idea. I don't. I don't even. What are you saying? Dolce de leche. I think it's actually Dulce de Leche. I don't know what it is. Just go ahead and really curious what your number one is now that we've really screwed this whole thing up. Could have been a great – would have been a great list and we managed to butcher it into oblivion. I actually thought – I still think my list is fine, but it's – whatever. Uh, your list is fine too. Uh, I have coffee. Number one, it's not a food, which is what we were talked about, top five foods. That is a drink. Um, but <laughs> – I mean I – you – I iced coffee. I mean, coffee can be a. I mean, I, don't I try to t- it's a beverage. Don't try to talk me into the idea that coffee is a food. <laughs> it has enough calories sometimes as a as a food. Oh, because that's what you're worried about. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just adding supplement to your your whatever. I don't even know what to call you right now. You're just Mister Negative all the time. No, I'm simply asking. From the beginning of it, we were talking about. Top five foods that are better cold than hot. And all you have come up with is room temperature foods. <clears throat> is room temperature foods that are better cold. And then for the number one, which I'm legitimately curious as to what your top five food was going to be, you said coffee. It is not a food. It's a beverage. Listen, it's... We can't want them all, you know what I mean? No, you, you really can't. <laughs> it's a spectacular I, failure. I could have had five foods, like permanent foods on there, and you would have still said, well, that's a terrible list. No, the only one that you legitimately had was pizza and Reese's Cups. 
I mean, to you, you're you're not the Lord and Savior Almighty. Well, I am when it comes to the basic realization that talking oh, about boy. food does not count as coffee. You just you just call yourself Jesus. Yeah, I kind of did. <laughs> <laughs> but I can but, tell the difference between food and drink. I I I I understand. I just, I don't think you, know you do. Even if I had four food on there, this would still be my number one. But it's just wrong. It's fundamentally wrong. Well, there's a lot of things fundamentally wrong about the world, but we turn a blind eye to most of it anyway, so what's the difference? It's just kind of like, let's say, let's come up with top five things that start with A, and your number one is cat. Listen, we said the top five foods and that coffee are, is that not a food. Cold. And coffee is not a food. I <laughs> just say like <laughs> Nope, I'm not I'm not gonna that's all you see see people, that's all he wants me to say is that he's right. Well I am right. There isn't any debate about the fact that I'm right. That's not in not. question in any way. What's what's your number one there, Jesus? Lasagna. See, I I, I don't disagree with that. Okay, Good. because it's a food, it's not a beverage. I, I'm, you know what? Well, I, I guess I, I included a beverage in my top five. So okay, all right, that's fine. Just thank you, thank you for finally admitting what everybody knew twenty minutes ago. What's your, what's in your honorable mention? Milk. <laughs> I mean, w- would that surprise you if it was? <laughs> Not anymore. No, I am. I got. <laughs> that's just the thing is, I was so curious as to what your number one was going to be, and then it just the rage flowed over me. Uh, but what's what's in your what's in your honorable mention? That's fine, whatever. Uh, so I, I have uh, I have like leftover meats. It can be like brisket or <laughs> or, or chicken or something like that. Now, um, do you do you mind necessarily putting a meat in your mouth that somebody else has already smoked? No, I, I actually prefer it. I, I like to get the uh, the meat once it's. Uh, once it's nice and tender and uh, ready to to be handled by a by someone who knows what they're doing. Do you feel like you're better at handling meat than other people? I mean, I we'd have to get somebody on that have handled their meat before, and we can we can ask them. Okay, that's good. One. <laughs> you really like? Look, I was losing it. I think I was stretching a lot for that, and I feel like you really saved it. So kudos to you, sir. Thank you. Anyways, uh, I also have mac and cheese on here. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, I agree with that. Listen, if you absolutely hate coffee, we can swap it for mac and cheese. No, right? it's too late. You already screwed up. All right. What's what's your honorable mention? I don't have any. I really don't. I mean... Man, there's so many choices out there. Well, you can basically say any kind of food when you're hungry. I feel like, in general, all Chinese and all Italian food is just as good, if not better, cold. Okay, that's going to go ahead and do it for this episode of Profoundly Pointless. want to thank you guys so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. Love to hear what you guys think. I'd be really interested. I mean, coffee is not a food. I just don't understand what that, what he is thinking sometimes. It really boggles my mind.